welcome to church. There comes a time, I believe, for many of us, at least time for me, where uh, we realize uh, we've kind of outgrown the That's exactly where we're supposed to be. That's the sermon. But I'm starting that way. Okay. There comes a time when if you've grown up in the church, you've heard all kinds of Bible stories growing up in Sunday school and vacation Bible school. And, and some of you may be able to tell better than than uh, others. And you can remember them and you, you can spot them a mile away. Uh, some of them, uh, however, uh, you can't remember as well as often, apparently. But there comes a time as we're growing up, as, adult, as, we, become, as we become adults, we recognize that the, the things we were taught in Sunday school or vacation Bible school as we were growing up aren't quite, aren't quite big enough, aren't quite strong enough, aren't quite adult enough to deal with the things we face. Some people come to the conclusion that perhaps Jesus uh, isn't uh, capable of helping them with their adult life, uh, and they have a crisis of faith. Now, there are two things I want to help with. I want to avoid that kind of thing for anyone who, who may uh, be facing that kind of situation. And, and for the rest of us, I want us to realize that uh, being a Christian isn't just about following Jesus because of the little stories we learn, because we can apply who is, who is uh, applicable, whose teachings are good enough for us, powerful enough for us as adults to help us. Today we're going to be uh, looking at, at uh, the second part of a series we're doing this month called uh, How to Be an Adult Christian, the Generosity Edition. Let's talk about generosity. Today we're talking about how God can use our talents and talents, our personalities and our gifts to build His kingdom. I know a couple of artists, and so do you. Well, maybe you don't. I know a couple of artists who we have resident artists in our congregation, and uh, I, I read this uh, clip recently uh, from uh, Artist Magazine. And the artist, the author wrote, people who don't care one way or another aren't artists. Artists who can take it or leave it don't create much. The prerequisite for making art is passionate feeling. Painting is never just a representation of a scene. It's a visual communication, a way to express feelings, our passions as artists, to the viewer. If you paint without passion, your work will never transmit a mood. If you don't feel it, neither will the viewer. If you paint without feeling, you'll never express yourself. You'll never convey your vision. You won't have a vision. When you paint with passion and feeling, however, you create an atmosphere. You create a mood. You communicate something important and memorable to the viewer. Now, I'm not a painter. Paint a wall. 
understand. I've done it. I've even put wallpaper on. With all those people who are not sure I can do, you can ask my wife. She was there. We did it together. But we survived. said I can do it, but if you're going to have me do it, you better be willing to pay me to do it. That's all I said. Oh, no, I promise you they did it. Well, okay. But I can't paint pictures. But one color I can do, you know, uh, after that it gets really complicated, doesn't it? Talk about talent and temperament. Or to put it another way, to discuss the importance of using the, the gifts and personality that God gave you for building His kingdom. We're all different. If you haven't quite figured that out yet, we haven't hung out together long enough. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12 and read the first 13 verses. This is Paul's letter to the church in Rome. The Christians there, he'd never been to Rome. He's kind of trying to introduce himself. In the first 11 chapters, he talks about what wonderful things God has done for us. How he makes us right with God. How he changes us and gives us the liberty and the freedom to become more and more like him in our lives. How he has a grand plan to restore Gentiles and Jews. comes to Romans chapter 12, and the last few chapters of, the, of this letter are, are written to say, okay, since all this good stuff that God has done for us, this is how we ought to act. And here it is. Starting in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, so it may be a little different from what you have, but it'll be, it'll be close enough I don't think you'll get lost. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He has done. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body. And we all belong to each other. And His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, 
serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is leadership, I'm sorry, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't pretend to love it. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in your, our confident hope. Be patient in trouble. And keep on praying. God's people are in need. Be ready to help them. Always believe Practice hospitality. If I was ready to summarize this section in one sentence, this description of God's family and how we're to respond to His grace and His love and His work in our lives because of Jesus. I would do it with this sentence. I need you. You need me. We all need to do what God wired us to do. So what does that mean for us, folks? How do we need each other? We're Americans, after all. We're not real good with that. Us, us. Right here. Let's talk about what connects us when we are so different from each other. First thing I want you to notice is that we need each other in order to swim upstream against our culture. Those first two verses. We surrender to God's grace and His mercy. We give ourselves as living sacrifices to Him in community together. We often read Romans 12.1, even though it starts with, therefore, brothers and sisters. We often read it as if it's addressed to us as individuals. You give yourself to God. couple of different dialects to help you get it. The first one would be Southern. Y'all give yourselves to God now. You all. All of you. You guys. You guys and guys. Give yourself to God. All of you. Together. One early church leader declared, You cannot have God as your father without the church as your mother. Now, I know some of you can probably argue with me about that, but you'll never hear it from me. But it's a good, it's a good way to start. We need each other. We were just talking about that in our Sunday school class. Verses we read was that we are to bear with one another and forgive each other. Somebody pointed out, you've got to be around people to do that. 
put up with people you're not around. I think he's going. I think he's on to my next we, we need each other to support and encourage our transformation. As we grow, as, as God reprograms our thinking, He does not do it simply on an individual basis. He does it for all of us. He works with all of us to transform us and to make us what He created us to be. Our metamorphosis. That picture of butterflies coming out of the cocoon. That's the word that Paul talks about here. He talks about our being transformed. Our metamorphosis. Our transformation. I cannot become everything God created me to be without you and the community of other people who are trying to become all that God created us to be because each other is transformed. I need you. You need me. We need, we all need to do what God led us to do. Second thing I want to point out is we need each other like the parts of your body need you there are billions of cells in our bodies. They are constantly creating new cells while other cells die off. Now, I'm just going to share something with you that will be depressing for the majority of people in this room. There is a point, I believe it's a little bit before 30, It would be depressing for most everybody in this room. Nick is lucky he's still on the upswing. You and the others are already, but you're getting close, some of you. And some of us, the 27 is getting close. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's my little brother. Billions of cells, every single one of them different. And yet, they're all part of me. They're all part of you. They all work together. We have hundreds of organs in our body, each doing what none of the others can do. You cannot hear with your nose. If you've ever had an ear infection, Exactly what I mean. You cannot smell with your ears. That's something that's really wrong. You can't taste with your toe. And I wouldn't advise tasting your toe either. Each of our organs different. We have organs that we thought we didn't need before, like tonsils. When I was growing up, everybody had their tonsils removed, except me. I still have mine. I have my original equipment. I still have my appendix. We found out those things, but they take them out, and then they found out later, wow, 
people who don't have tonsils have even more infections than they've had before. Hmm. Maybe we should have left those in. Take out the appendage and you find that we did do something. It, it looks like there's just a little kingdom hanging out there doing nothing, but it's got a job. Now, yes, you can live without some of these things. If they take out your heart, you're in trouble. But they put something back in there to replace it. If they take out your liver, you're, you're gone. I mean, there are parts of you that you cannot live without. You can live without your tonsils. You can live without your appendix. It won't be quite the same. You can live without your thyroid. They can take cancerous things out of us. But we function a whole lot better when we're all together. All those different things, doing things that none of the other parts of the body can do, working together, becomes one body, a unit, lots of diversity. The similarity between my big toe and my thumb, but I know I've seen some people who can do things with their feet that I, because they have no hands, I can't imagine. I've seen people, classic guitar player, with his toes, and I'm thinking, that's amazing, mind-boggling to what some people who made an adaptation. Let's be honest, they've made adaptations. Those weren't originally designed to do that. Fortunately, though, they could be taught to do that. Long fingers. I fortunately, I just want to have my toes on back. Aren't you? I mean, would you? Yeah, everybody just suddenly think about your toes all suddenly growing to be four three or four inches long. Yeah, when's the next time you're going to go barefoot? I'm going to keep my socks on. Because it's one body. Everything in us is different, and everything in us is necessary, and we are like that to each other. We are the body of Christ. We need each other. There's things that only I can do. There are things that only you can do. But together we do them well. You know, I need you. You need me. And we all need to do what God wired us to do. We need each other to do what God designed us to do. We all have different temperaments or personalities. There are extroverts and there are introverts. There are work people. There are task-oriented people and there are people-oriented people. There are people who, who are really like direct communication, and there are people who would prefer to just, you know, maybe... Well, I'll give you more. They like things that are We all have different personalities and temperaments, and there's, there's a wide variety, even as we... We start talking about these white groups, extroverts and introverts. There are some people who are so extroverted that it, 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 if you leave them alone for a moment, they'll stop and freak out. The thought of being alone will terrify them. There are other extroverts who are not particularly like that. 
go for a couple of days and we'll come back. After that, then we start getting where are these people? And these people, there are some of us, some of you in this room, we're looking at you like, I don't understand that. You're the introvert. You're the one who just needs nobody to get around. I, I, I know I know a man that if you left him to himself, if God would just leave him to himself, let him do what he would want to do, he would go sit in the tree and pray. That's all he wants to do. He is such an introvert. He's wired to just be alone. God called him to be a pastor. It's all right, son. I like you. You need to be in the tree, but let's get you out of that tree. You need to go help people. We all have different talents. We've already talked about how some people can paint, other people can write. Some people can, can cook. Some people can do all kinds of things. There are people who can create things with their hands, crocheting and knitting and that. Yeah, just think about it for a second. There are some of us who, who enjoy science. There are some people who hate science. There are people who like math. There are people who would rather die than think about math. Um, we all have different talents. And then God also gets along as He works in our lives and He gives us gifts. Now, I've got to stop right there because that's, that's, you keep saying it wrong. God does not give me a gift. He gives you a gift through me. For example, Because God has given me a gift, it's because He is using me to give a gift to you. A gift to Him. And when you serve, in your gift of service, as Paul, one of the examples we give, when you serve, your gift is not the gift of service. And you have the ability to serve, it is the matter that. God serves someone else through you. So, when we talk about God giving us gifts, it's, it's where does God show up and work through me? And how does He show up through me? In other people's lives. And the nice thing about this is even though there are different kinds of temperaments and personalities and different kinds of talents, and, and God works in different ways through us in different ways, we are still one body. We have one mission, to make disciples of Jesus Christ, to build God's family, to introduce people who do not know Jesus to Jesus so that they grow to love Him, follow Him. I need you and you need me. We all need to do what God wired us to do. We need each other to love and to care for. Love seeks the best for others. It honors others. It works to help others. It prays for others. It meets others' needs. 
said that the greatest commandment in all of the Bible and in all of life is to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second command, the flip side of that, is to love your neighbor as yourself. We cannot be obedient to that law without each other. two moments. Master Kirby John called that. Yeah, there are two great moments in a person's life. The moment you were born and the moment you realized why you were born. We've all been born. I want to know now. If you haven't figured it out yet, let me give you a hint. You were born to be a part of God's family and to do what God created you to Christians have a variety of mistaken ideas about the part each of us plays in building God's kingdom. There's some people believe that we have, some of us just believe that we have nothing to offer until we don't accept anything. I read about a group that was talking about spiritual gifts and what part of the body they were. And we were going around the circle, it was a little Sunday school kind of group, and we were going around the circle and asking, and this one, one lady said, Well, I'm just a lady. are so focused on, on keeping things running smoothly that they attempt everything. There are a few who say they, they have to feel like serving before they attempt to It's not enough that God told us to do it. We have to feel like God wired us to do. 
about to get started on that. As we make that step toward being that kind of generosity, giving ourselves and all that God created us to do, how can we give ourselves generously? Well, the first step is to give yourself to God completely. All you've got. Okay? You all, all of us, need to give ourselves to God. Individually, as, as a congregation, we need to give ourselves to God. Let's unite what we belong to Him. Jesus died for us, He bought us, He purchased us. Give ourselves. We need to give ourselves to God completely. We need to find out how God wired us so that we know what we can do. How does God want to work with you in and through you? We need to know. But we can experiment, and that's a good way to do it. Along the communication cards, there's a couple of things that I want to suggest to you. There, there's several ways of looking at this. There, there is uh, an assessment that uh, our district is uh, perusing and training to, to, to be a part of and to help people with an assessment that will help you discover your gifts and your personality and how God has wired you. And you, if you mark down, if you want to take that assessment, I'll get with you. If you just want more information about that, what does that mean and all that kind of thing, I'll be glad to give you more information about it. But when we give ourselves to Him, we need to be ready to serve. We need to be ready to do what He asks us to do. So the question is for us to answer that too. Not the religious side. Will you determine to utilize the way God wires you to help those around you? Thank you. 